So if you only have 1% in gold, you have some protection with that. But if 99% of your portfolio is in 60-40 or in real estate that looks like it's going to continue to get weaker, um, your that 1% is not going to shield you. So anything, in my opinion, anything below 5% is, is meaningless and not going to have uh, much of an impact on your portfolio in a crisis event. Welcome to the Gold Exchange Podcast, where we untangle market and policy complexity using timeless economic principles. For show notes and archives, go to goldexchangepodcast.com. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome back to the Gold Exchange Podcast. My name is Benjamin Vernadelstein. I'm joined today at the New Orleans Investment Conference by Jeff Clark of thegoldadvisor.com. Jeff, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me, Ben. I'm, ben, I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. We love talking with you. So, Jeff, let's start with a high-level kind of overview. 5% interest rates. Most people said this would be a two-megaton bomb on the economy. The stock market would crash. Inflation would be out of control. And yet, here we are, low unemployment. We hit about 3.89% today. And inflation seems to be cooling, and stock market seems to be all right. So what is your response to critics who say, at 5% rates, I thought we were going to be in a nuclear war zone? Ah, that's a fair question. A lot of people did think that. Maybe this book is not done being written, though. I, I think there are still other factors that could impact things. Um, inflation is coming down, but if you look back at the 1990s, the most comparable we have, inflation did a two-step. It went up, came down, and then went back up again, even though Volcker was being very aggressive with raising rates. So uh, the effect is going to be, does the Fed keep rates higher for longer like they claim they're doing? Um, one fact that I would like to pass along is, along is if you look back at rate raises and then when they reverse course and start to uh, cut them the average time believe it or not between the last rate hike and the first rate cut is five months that's the historical average going all the way back to the 1960s there's not been one that's been over a year so I think the Fed's higher for longer mantra may not be able to play out, especially depending on what kind of recession we get, right? Uh, but historically, uh, if the last rate hike is in or about to be in, that tells us that the odds are high they'll actually be cutting in 2024. Now, let's talk about cutting really quickly. So if you look at a chart of interest rates, you'll notice that we hit this zero point where we're actually on a flat line on these zero percent right. interest rates. Do you think that this next cutting cycle or pivot will actually go below that zero threshold? Do you think we will see nominal negative interest rates? It depends on how deep the recession is, and it depends if we have some other crisis going on at the same time. If there's a monetary crisis, uh, something with the debt, something with the dollar, um, the dollar is going to die, by the way, not by going down, as the milkshake theory guy, uh, you know, says. It's going to it's going to blow up because it goes too high, and uh, puts too much pressure on other countries. Uh, but at any rate, it could be some type of crisis. In fact, Ben, I looked back at all the crises going all the way back to the '60s, and I just listed them all, and I started examining them, and I realized that about half of them were black swans. They were, you know, uh, events that people weren't predicting or looking for. So everybody's talking about the recession and the Fed and the debt, 
I get it. All those things are important. They do impact gold, and they do impact the markets, obviously. I think the odds are reasonable that we could actually see a black swan in 2024, something nobody's really looking for, and that could really blow up the markets. And that's what we do talk about a lot on the podcast is the unknown unknowns. There's no yeah, right. Right. That's well, you know, my name's Ben. I know that. Okay. Then there's the known unknowns. Well, I know that I don't really know how bad it is in the commercial real estate market, but I know that I don't know. But then there's the unknown unknowns, the right. thing that you don't even know that you don't know. Right, and, exactly. And, and that black swan event is something where a lot of investors, just by its very nature, will never know what hit them in 2008. It could have been, you know, uh, mortgages. Housing always goes up. No one even thought to look there. Right. What do you think is something for people to at least start looking into now that we're in 2023, heading into 2024? That's a great question. Um, I, I have some theories on what they could be. Uh, but the bottom line is you have to own gold going into this kind of environment, whatever it may be. Uh, it could be a, a banking crisis. Maybe it's a you know, bank blows up or something like that and the Fed has to step in. Uh, maybe they resume money printing. Uh, maybe the recession uh, gets so deep they have to cut rates aggressively and go back down to this zero line you're talking about. Um, something happens in Brazil, a butterfly flaps its wings in Brazil, as the famous saying is, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the market crashes in, in the U.S. So um, there are a number of things that it could be. The, the unknown unknowns, I don't know what they are either. But what I do know is that the environment is so ripe for something like that, and that I am very glad that I own gold. In fact, my webmaster was praying for $1,800 gold because he wanted to buy more and get it cheaper. Uh, he didn't get it at $1,800. I don't know if we're going to see $1,800 gold again. Um, so we'll see. But the point is you need to be prepared for that because the environment is very susceptible to something like you're talking about. Yeah, and I think the analogy might be you are in a very dangerous environment, whether that be in the jungle Good and way there's to put it. alligators and spiders and snakes. It's unclear which of these problems. It could be that a tree falls on your head, but <laughs> you are in a dangerous environment. And that, so right now, yeah. that spark is just waiting to light. Now, that could be commercial real estate. It could be a whole host of things, including things we're not paying attention to. The difference is uh, taking a walk in your own neighborhood that's generally safe versus taking uh, a walk in a jungle. You know, you you are more susceptible to something happening to you in the jungle than you are in your neighborhood. We're in the jungle right now. And and let's talk about this 5% rate environment. So we've never even been in a real positive rate environment in so long mm -hmm. that people who are young like myself have never even thought, oh my gosh, a savings account can pay you 5%. <laughs> right, right. So do, do you think that this 5% kind of cycle, this higher for longer cycle, do you think that that changes how investors are going to start allocating capital? Or do you think that most people are thinking, I know we're going back to zero bound? They're going to allocate capital to these 5% rates at, at their bank or whatever. Um, I even took out, uh, uh, bought a CD at 4.5%, I think, at three months ago, because I thought, wow, this is a gift. I can just let it sit there and, and earn money. Um, so yes, I've done that. What will push people into gold isn't something there. It's going to be something in terms of a, a, an event, a crisis. Look at you know the geopolitical conflict that we have right now and what that did to gold. Um, gold may soften when that you know eases off, uh, but it's going to be something else uh, that 
pushes people more into gold, some kind of crisis, uh, fear, uncertainty, that's when people go to gold. And I, I think, uh, like we've talked about, that, that environment is here right now. And, and let's talk about the two monetary metals, which are gold and silver. We've, we've touched a little bit about gold, but do you see that silver has a different narrative, or do you think it's just kind of junior gold? Uh, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, silver has its own DNA. Um, some claim that, you know, it's really just an industrial metal now. And industrial use of silver is trending up, and it's going to continue to do that. There are new uses found for silver literally every month. So that's going to continue up. But silver does respond to uh, any type of monetary or financial crisis like we saw in COVID. Uh, the COVID bounce was tremendous. Gold rose 40%, but silver rose 140% just in that COVID bounce, that five-month period. So uh, silver does have its own DNA, though. It, it's what I like to call boring, boring boom, because it just sits there and does nothing for long periods of time kind of like it's been doing since the peak in 2020. Um, but there will be another spike in silver uh, because history says they all it does spike. That's its DNA. So when gold begins to move, whatever the reason may be, silver may not move initially, but it will catch up. And historically, it's past gold in a percentage basis every single time. Now, I want to talk about some of the way that you've come to understand the gold and silver, come to this analysis. How have you kind of educated yourself on the precious metals and, and how they operate, their DNA? Where did you learn all this stuff? Uh, well, my dad was actually a gold prospector, so I was in the business for a little bit of time. Uh, and then I uh, became a newsletter writer, got hired at uh, Doug Casey's firm way back in the day. Uh, I was actually trained by Lobo Tigre on newsletter writing, so he's uh, my mentor. I, I give him credit for that. Um, but I've been doing this for a long time and, and, of course, come across a number of sources and people and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and I, I felt like I needed to actually even write a book on it. So I did write a book to, to kind of educate or provide some type of insight to the retail investor uh, on how to invest in, in mining stocks. So uh, it's been a long journey, it's been a fun journey, it's been a profitable journey, believe it or not, uh, in spite of what's happening right now. So uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. Now, let's talk a bit about Pay Dirt, your book. What is the difference for someone who might know nothing about gold or silver, or let alone mining? Most people think, well, if I own gold, okay, I, I kind of get how that works. You, you just buy the shiny metal, right? Um, but how is it different owning mining companies than it is the actual physical metal? Well, physical medical, metal is your, is your defense. That's, that's your shield. That's your protection. That's money. Uh, better than the money we have today, the, meaning the U.S. dollar or Canadian dollar. Uh, so you have to own gold, especially in the environment we're in right now. In fact, studies, long-term studies show you need to own like 20% of your entire portfolio in physical metal somewhere. Um, so, you know, I, I think investors would really benefit by being a little overweight physical gold right now. What I did with Paydirt is I assumed that you knew nothing. We start at ground zero and go from there. So it's a it's a fun read. I start with the scariest mind that I've ever been in, you know, and kind of go from there. Uh, teach people how to, how mining works, how building a mine works, and then we start actually uh, building a list of mining stocks that you potentially might want to look at 
as you're reading. Hmm. Uh, there are 16 outside experts in the book. I included them in the book as well. It's very informative. And it, the thing is, it's very clear. You'll read this book and you know exactly what you need to do, exactly what to look at, exactly when you would not pick a mining stock. Everybody in the book, including myself, are very clear about that. But it starts from ground zero, so you can, uh, if you don't know anything, that's fine. This book will take you through it. And, and I do like that allocation talk because a lot of people say, well, I know I should have some gold, but, but is it 1%, 5%, 50%? I don't really know. We wrote a white paper called The Case for Gold Yield in a Portfolio asking this question, hey, yeah. how much gold should you have in a portfolio? And if it has yield, how does that change the equation? Yeah. So, so obviously we can never and do never give investment advice. But, sure. But let's talk about allocation for a second. What does it look like, the difference between someone who has 1%, 5%, maybe like a 20% allocation to gold? What is the real benefit there? The benefit is going to be uh, that gold rises in uncertain times, mm -hmm. in scary times, bad events, whatever the case may be. But if 99% of your other the rest of your portfolio is in stocks, even bonds. The 60-40 portfolio is not working. That, that is no longer a valid way to, a strategy to invest. So if you only have 1% in gold, you have some protection with that. But if 99% of your portfolio is in 60-40 or in real estate that looks like it's going to continue to get weaker, um, your that 1% is not going to shield you. So anything, in my opinion, anything below 5% is, is meaningless and not going to have uh, much of an impact on your portfolio in a crisis event. Um, again, I think you need to push yourself more toward the 10%, 15%, 20%. That's what long-term studies show, and we're more vulnerable right now than we usually are. Now, I want to ask you a quick question about inflation. So a lot of experts predicted inflation would rise, that we would have kind of structural inflation. Inflation is here to stay, was the quote. Do you see this inflation cooling as just an anomaly, or do you think that we're actually in a high inflation environment? Uh, I think inflation is going to stay. I think it's higher than the CPI. Mike Maloney likes to call it the CP lie. <laughs> they do change how they calculate it. They've changed it so many times we actually lost count. It was something like 20 times that, you know, John Williams at Shadow Stats has documented. Um, so the formula keeps changing. Uh, everybody knows that inflation is higher than what they're actually reporting in the CPI. Um, if you compare to the 70s, like I mentioned, the, you know, the CPI is could ha easily have another bounce, which would be interesting to see how the Fed reacts to that, right? Um, so, you know, who knows? But I, I think that there is precedence that inflation is not done rising and there could be another spike. Now, final question as we end here, what's something I should be asking all other guests of the Gold Exchange podcast when they come on? What's something you should be asking them? Um, I, I think your allocation question is great uh, because I think some people do own a little bit of gold. There are people here, even at this conference, that own no gold. So what is the proper allocation in the current environment or the environment they see coming? I would be interested actually in some of those responses, you know, if it's 1% or zero, you don't really need gold, you know, or if it's 20% or if it's 50%, I would be interested to see what other people think. In my opinion, it should be around 20%. Jeff, where can people find more of your work and find your website? 
it's pretty easy. It's thegoldadvisor.com. The book is there. My mining portfolio is there. Um, you do need to sign up, you know, create login credentials to view the portfolio, uh, but it's easy. It's free. Uh, we don't sell your email or anything like that. Um, but everything I do is on that website, including mining stocks. Jeff, I want to thank you so much for coming onto the Gold Exchange Podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's been great, Ben. Thank you. And please have me back. Absolutely. Thanks so much. This episode was brought to you by Monetary Metals. Monetary Metals is a different kind of gold company. Others buy and sell gold. Monetary Metals operates the Gold Yield Marketplace, a platform of products that offer a yield on gold paid in gold to investors and institutions, and are gold financing simplified. Reliable financing denominated in gold with a built-in hedge for gold-using and gold-producing businesses. To learn more, visit www.monetary-metals.com. See you next time.